Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs, episode 32. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about the VW update, what's going on with Bill and George's projects. We're also going to talk about the buses, the feedback I'm getting on the new buses, Impy, and also some knowledge. So stay tuned. A Volkswagen is a nice station wagon to have around the house. The 1974 Volkswagen, covered by VW Motors. All right, everybody. So on today's episode, we got lots to talk about. So in the studio today, we got George T. George, what's up? Not a whole lot. How's everybody doing out there? So we got George in the studio today. We're going to talk about a few things that we've uh, been experiencing lately. I had a lot of a lot of feedback on that classic steel body. Classic steel body. VW mm-hmm. bus. The new VW bus coming out. Yeah. And so one of the things that maybe I want to touch on with people is... Everybody had a lot of questions in regards to some of the photographs that are on there. Maybe they didn't pay attention to the podcast or they're, they're just looking at the picture. Um, the rear package tray and the, the, uh, the engine compartment sheet metal, all that comes in. Torsion the, housing exists. Yeah, torsion housing is part of it. So really, um, the question a lot of people were trying to figure out in regards to titles and all that stuff. Uh, my, just, this is just my two cents, right? And I'm, and, and I'm not speaking from any kind of legal standpoint or anything, but... My two cents would be buy a donor bus and yeah. start with that. And and I think a lot like what Chris said, it's going to be state to state. Some states are going to be a lot more lenient than others to where you can register it as whatever, some project built car. So that's that's going to be a state by state thing that people are going to have to deal with on that. I think that is uh, that that is going to be the biggest hurdle from the from the sounds of the way that Chris described it. It should be pretty on point to what an original bus was with the with the design aspect that they have into it in two years in the making and all that stuff. I think the biggest hurdle is going to be the registration of them, which, like you said, you buy a set of numbers out of a rotted body. Well, just buy just buy a junk bus. Now yeah. you're just, now you're just buying buses for the titles. I wonder the legality of that is with messing with VINs. Well, listen, I'm not going to get into all that because I'm not. But this is but by no way is this any kind of legal standpoint yeah. of anybody should do. But seek legal counsel yeah, in your area. Listen, in reality, <laughs> if you go to Let's Talk Dubs podcast and you go to uh, our website on the blog page, I actually put a link to the SEMA. Uh, SEMA has a page for kit cars and all that stuff. So I put a link to that page for the legalities, a state-by-state legality of what it takes to title a vehicle. And you can find that on letstalkdubs.com. Um, you can find that on the web page and click on your state and it'll give you all the details in regards to what they see, how they perceive a title um, and all that fun stuff. So you'll have that information. Like I said, that's on the uh, the blog page. You just go on the blog page, click on that. There's a hyperlink there that takes you right to everything you need to know to register your hobby. And that is brought to you by the SEMA Action Network. So thanks to the SEMA Action Network for putting that on there so it at least gets a lot of the stuff out of people's uh, out of people's head and, and gives them better understanding and respect to what it takes state by state. So it's pretty cool. There's a bunch of file folders on there, and you click on your state, and it'll tell you what you need to get your vehicle titled. I tell you, it to me, it's an exciting time. Yeah. The fact that you're going to be able to buy a bus and only, not only to buy a bus, but to, to have it designed the way you want it to. Tub, oh, yeah. Tubs in the front. Yeah. Walk through if you want. But like what, to be able to order the custom configuration 
to me is awesome. It opens up everything, all possibilities. You know, the things that are unattainable can be attained now, which I wonder if there's going to be a negative reaction from that too, Mm. you know? It depends. I mean, I I think a negative reaction from what? I mean, really at this point I'm thinking you're not, it's not that, I'm I'm not that concerned to worry about what the crowd wants to do. I'm not worried about the negative connotation with that. I think it's going to be no different than the fastback Mustangs, right? So some people are like, oh yeah, like the Mustang purists are really disgusted with the fastback thing and I'm tired of seeing Eleanor clones and you know, whatever, whatever that situation is. But in reality, the fastback prices have gone through the roof. They've stayed through the roof. They're super expensive. A beater fastback is still a lot of money. I tell you, I got to be honest with you. What I love about this is all those guys with those completely rotted, trashed out 21, 23 windows, yeah. they can't gouge people for them anymore. Yeah. They don't go buy it for 100 bucks and then stick it up somebody's butt for three, four, five thousand bucks. You know, so Shh, not, not three, four, five thousand. I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, try about thirty, forty thousand dollars. Yeah, it's just it's just super annoying. Like that's the part of the hobby that I really dislike. That like the yeah. like the bottom feeder who's out there. It's one thing to buy to buy something and flip it and make a dollar. I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, not too long ago I bought some Chevy trucks. I bought a bunch of Chevy trucks. Mm-hmm. I bought these trucks or mid sixties Chevys. Those C10s, all the all those trucks are going for big dollars now. I sold them all for the most expensive one I sold was thirty five hundred dollars, and these were mostly complete original trucks. I bought them for a good buy. I could have asked more and waited, but the reality is like I'd rather give some. I got a good deal. I'd rather pass on a good deal. Yeah, and you also pass them on to. I know one of our friends got one. Wow, which is great. Um, but <laughs> yeah, but he, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know if he's going to build it. Um, hopefully, I like to I like to see him build it. But uh, but it's also you know it it it's opportunist people that aren't passionate about VWs. They just happen to like oh that's the hot thing now, so I'm going to buy as many of these junkers I'm finding in in fields, and then turning around and hoping that people are going to pay the big dollars that they're asking for. Well, and it really cuts them off at the knees, and I like that. Because I felt it to be extreme gouging, you know, like I would look at these piles and everybody's in the tens of thousands of dollars areas and they need 30,000 of metalwork on them. That's craziness, you know? Yeah, no, I, I really dislike, I, I dislike seeing a completely beater bus for 50 grand. Yeah. I hate it. It makes yeah. me so upset. Matter because fact, I, got, I got text one this week on Facebook. Hey, a buddy of mine selling this, you know, any interest? And you look at the pictures and... I, it, from pictures, if I can see rot on the outside, it's bad. Yeah, ro- completely it's bad. rotted carcass. Yeah, if it's coming through every rocker, every dog leg, every floor section you can see through, it's it's garbage. You're going to be replacing the bottom 12 inches of a bus. Yeah. It'll be $30,000 into metal and labor, if not more, depending on how crazy it is. Or 25K gets you a fresh body. And never I, been rotted, never been in an accident. And you know what? I really like this configuration. I'm going to order that, and that's that's going to be my next VW. Well, yeah, get it the way get it the way you want. And uh, I mean, I believe get it the way you want. I don't think it's going to affect the values. I don't think it's. I, I, I use the Mustang as my example. It's not going to negatively impact the values at all. I think people will be buying. There'll be some. There, I, I believe there will. It'll make the original buses worth more. I I, I was actually going to ask that. Do you think a German bus is going to be like, oh, no, this yeah. is a real bus. Yes, yes. This is a real yes. one, not a, not a yes. fake one. Yes, I believe 
that an original VW non-converted original bus will be worth more than a reproduction. No different. But, but in the same respect, you look at like uh, when we're on Bull Run and you had, what's his name there? Um, with the Camaro. Oh, Brooke. Brooke. Shout out to Brooke. Team Camaro. Yeah, Team Camaro on Bull Run Season 2. Brooke and Wade. So, Shout out to Wade too. Um, if you look at that Camaro, I mean, that, that so that car was built to the nines. Like everything brand new, brand new, brand new. Big brakes, LS motor, better than it was ever built originally. Yeah, better than Chevy ever put out. Correct. So you're looking at a car right there that is going to sell for more than a 67, 327, overheats in the summer, no AC, vinyl seats, manual windows. It, I think it'll sell for, for more than that car just because it's a newer, better beast, even though it's a uh, quote-unquote recreation. So It's also a way to, to keep the scene alive. There's only so many buses out there, and there, and with rotted carcasses showing up everywhere, and and that being what everybody's working with. Yeah. Now to have some fresh ones out there, it's going to keep the scene going. Yeah, I don't, I, mean, I don't, I don't dig the, uh, I don't dig the overinflation of the prices. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's the part. It's always been the bummer of of the once VWs blew up to that super popular level. It always was uh, the real downfall of it because it wasn't easy to get anymore. And you couldn't pick these things up for twelve hundred dollars, five hundred dollars, wherever it was anymore. It just got a little crazy with it. Yeah. No, it's. Uh, I believe it's a. It's. It's better for everybody out there. So, I'm happy with that. I look forward to the new creations and the creativeness that people are going to be able to bring to the scene, and uh, also be able uh, to build their dream buses. You yeah. know. So that's that's awesome. I think you're going to see a lot more. A lot more creativity out there because of what's available. A little bit of live, uh, live Instagram right now. Say what's up, George C. So we're here in the uh, in the studio, the garage, Mahal, over here making things happen. So we'll kind of keep this here for a minute. But we just got done talking about our opinions on the new buses. So the other new thing that was happening this week, some big news that's been happening over the past, I guess, month or two, a couple months. And in Europe, they talked about uh, Impy, the. Uh, I think his name is Philip, but MP, he uh, came out and interviewed, or they're at European bug in. They had a big announcement to make about Jack Sacchetti joining up with MP, right? So yep. that's a pretty big deal. Um, surprising to me, and we're going to be getting, uh, hopefully I'll get uh, the guys from MP on the podcast so we can talk about what's happening with him because lots of good things are going to be happening with these guys and they're going to be doing lots of new things. I mean, I think I think the direction that MP is going is a, is a pretty pretty big different direction than what they've been doing there it seems that they're making a shift towards like quality product it does yeah to get someone like jack shakati on board yeah jc is some of the highest quality vw stuff we can get out there and now he's on board with them that's awesome <laughs> and i think uh part of the deal with that part of the deal with the quality is that MP over the past 10 years i think that the MP's reputation has slowly gone down the quality of the parts were becoming cheaper um it didn't it you know, I know a lot of us weren't like, oh, I got to get an empty this. And then yeah. there became the market became flooded with lots of imitators or people that were doing other stuff. And then um, I and so my understanding is that empty sold a few years back. Right. Now, I didn't know too much of that. And now getting to know what's going on now, it seems that with empty under new ownership, their focus now is going to be going on to quality, which I think is legit. I think, um, you know, I saw the thing they're doing with the White's Co Pistons and stuff. And so that's totally something the VW scenes need for a long time. And I think with the demographic of the VW people pushing up in age, they're no longer focused on being cheap. You know, people aren't looking for like the dollar, the 199 pistons and stuff like that. What's your take on that, George? 
I th- I think you said that their their product has been going down, but actually they've been they've actually like their wheel seal kits. They pull they use German wheel seal kits as opposed to Brazilian or Chinese at that. Um, MP has actually been stepping it up slowly with some of their products, and this and is then just... the fact that they introduced so many new wheels to the scene. So. I think they've been on a trajectory in the upward in the past for a couple. While, of years, we've seen a turn. This guy, is, yeah. to me, is changing the game completely. Yeah, Philip Kane, uh, the CEO of MP, seems like he's got his focus as to improve the brand quality, which has been needed a long time in yeah. the in the VW scene because there hasn't been brands that we have that are like cutting edge, always doing new things, building the best, of the best. It's always seemed to start as these boutique builders. You know, yeah, like a Wagons West or, uh, you know, um, who else am I thinking of? Like Kevin at Cool Rides with the air and front suspension. It's always been like these smaller people that have yeah. done that do a lot that, of the that, innovation. that start to do new things and you know the tranny shops and all that good stuff. I mean, there's there's never been people that have been doing like wide, large scale VW production stuff. So. Yeah. Um, I think it's good that MP's got that brand recognition. They're, they've been in the scene for a long time. I mean, the history for MP is is immense, and it's got deep roots in the VW scene, and it's good to see it starting to go back towards top-quality yeah. parts because back in the day when MP started, MP was started because nobody made performance aftermarket parts that were of any good quality, and so Joe Vitone— MP has been riding on the name correct. for the last 30 years. Yeah. The name MP. A little bit of coattail yeah. riding for a while. So, But it, uh, I, I think now with— I, the right person at the helm, it looks like. The difference that they're going to make is is unbelievable in our scene. Um, so Jack Shiketti was obviously that that's actually in this month's Hot BW where they talk about that. And then recently on Instagram, you saw where now they do compound built. Compound which, built stuff. Shout out to the boys over at the compound. That is oh, yeah. so awesome. Yeah, that is so big time. It's huge. That, it's huge. For, that's it's awesome. huge that someone as large as Impy recognizes that. The boutique stuff that the custom side is doing, that the one-off guys are doing, has a market. There's, they see a value in that, and yeah. if they can figure out a way to make that attainable for everybody, that's even more legit. And so you've got now you've got Jack Skitty, the the fabricator, the guy that can make it happen, and you've got you know the compound guys, Pip, and those guys over there behind the design aspect of it. So, so getting on board with people of such high caliber, Jack Skitty with JC, who's had a phenomenal reputation since i've known about them got to be they got to be in the business for 25 30 years i'd assume yeah and then you have for them to connect with the boys over at the compound pip and all them guys as a as a designer i mean we all know that that dude's got a great eye oh man and he's going to come out with some awesome product that's going to be available for everybody which that that's sick yeah the pip's got an eye where he sees he sees detail and things that most people don't see and then when he when he's able to execute that that idea into something it really comes across really smooth you yeah. know it looks like something that should have been built that way correct you know so uh, I'm, I'm excited to see the the stuff that's going to be coming out and talking to some of the guys that are out there that i know uh they're saying there's lots of cool stuff in the works right now there's like there's a lot of there's a lot of underground stuff that's going to be coming to the surface right I now bet. so that's a pretty huge deal it's it's great to see the vw scene i think taking that turn because it's about time you know so so long we've struggled with people to get aftermarket part. I mean, just an amazing time in our industry period right now. The yeah. fact that, that such a big name like MP who sells a ton of product. And I mean, a ton, you could basically build a bug off of MP almost, you know, 
some parts aren't gonna be the highest quality, but the majority the majority of stuff out there you can get away with. Yeah. Um, but but with them stepping up to such a high level for people who want to make their rides custom at home and whatnot, and you got customs like Classic Steel Body that are making a body now for a car, soon to make two more models of it that are desirable. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just a matter of time before they're all going to be reproduced. Um, that's just the direction it's going to go in. But the product we're going to be able to put on those reproductions is going to be of an extremely high caliber, you know? Well, and, and I think you'll see bugs, buses... Uh, mostly buses because of the new bus body, but I think you'll see. And there's plenty of bugs out there to find. Yeah, but buses, I think you'll you'll see a huge level of high caliber buses coming out. And I don't think I don't. I mean, you're gonna get you're always gonna get the purists. Like even at the Mustang, thing, like oh, it's a recreation. Like yeah. okay. And I think the big downer about the recreations on some of those cars. Uh, I mean, if you guys go search Facebook and go to um, this little personal plug here, if you guys go to uh, celebrity cars and search the uh, Eleanor Dynacorn Mustang video. That's me test driving that 700 horsepower turbocharged or supercharged uh, Dynacorn Mustang, which was a full recreation Mustang 60, 68 fastback. And it was nice to be in a car that's all brand new. I didn't notice any difference because I'm not used to driving. I mean, I've got yeah. some plenty of old 60s cars, which I know what it's like to drive those, but to drive something that's all brand new built is just a whole different ballgame. And I think that I think that really opens up the market to a huge different direction, especially when you start coupling things like, um, in a couple of weeks, we'll have uh, Michael from EV West on the podcast. We're going to be talking about the electric vehicle conversions. I put that out there on the, on the page, and a lot of people kind of had some some things to say, you know, they were into it or they weren't into it, but bottom line is it's the future. This well, is, I mean, it's okay. Now, now I'm not going to say it's the Don't future. They're all going to go electrical, but <laughs> it's, it's an innovation in our scene that brings up to modern standards. You know, one of the main battles that classic cars fight is emissions. That's one of the main battles we fight throughout the States, depending on what your laws are. Um, a lot of, a lot of us obviously are exempt due to age, but it's always going to be something that, Okay, when, when they clean up the regular cars, they're going to start coming after that stuff. And thank God we have people like SEMA and, and stuff like that fighting for our rights as auto enthusiasts. But it's also not a bad idea to embrace what is coming in the future. And I would be more, I, I would be more against it if it wasn't powerful and efficient in one package. That, to yeah, me, it, is, it, is cool. But So my take on it is that you have those people that want to build. So, so you're talking electric conversion cars are super boutique right it's super niche market and people want to build electric uh, electric conversion car and it's already a little bit expensive to begin with and then imagine locating a 23 or 21 window then trying to convert that to electric and then just the expense going into that you know i think it would be a perfect marriage of like the the new steel body bus and then electric conversion on the thing and i think i think i mean obviously the market would be the people that buy the teslas I still think you'd sell a ton of them. I think it'd be super cool. I just think it's cool because it just keeps the VW scene growing, you know? Correct. And it's another methodology of the cars themselves are cool as can be, you know? the That's why with my square back, I've been toying with the idea. I mean, I've committed to the point where I cut the front, where we cut the front yeah. apron down for the air, for, for the air intake for a radiator. And I've really been contemplating like the Subaru conversion and I keep wrestling with it back and forth because like, ah, it's not going to be 
you know, the original air-cooled motor, but in the same respect, it's like, I would love nothing more than to have my square back to where I can just hop in it and go wherever I want. If I want to take a 300 mile, a thousand mile, five day trip, I'm not worried about, is she going to make it? And I know a lot of people always go, oh yeah, you know, my Volkswagen will be bulletproof and rock solid and blah, 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 blah. But okay. The reality is it doesn't matter how brand new and all that stuff it is. And my bus is pretty rock solid because it's got on the moving parts. It's not really VW parts like the alternators, Porsche, (laughs) You know what I mean? You don't, you're not going to have the, the issues that you could have on, you know, 90 year old technology on some stuff that goes out and then just a little more reliability, a little more push it because we get used to newer cars and the power newer cars have and the way you're able to push them a little bit harder and not really have an issue. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think, you know, the different power plants, that's just more of the beauty of the scene. It's still the VW scene, and I, but it's... I foresee a future where most likely classic steel bodies gets to the point where they have SUBI mounts in the bodies, yeah. radiator mounts in the body. Like, they could probably por- partner up with someone who makes a kit for it, and, like, at that point, you could order it with a certain drivetrain if you'd like. Yeah. I mean, or and if you were a builder of them, say, like, a shop, and you're buying these bodies, you're modding them, and either you're going to sell it on your own or you're doing it for customers, you know, to be able to swap out the power plants. I want a Subaru powered one with Subi gears in it. I want an original one. I want to put stock drivetrain underneath it. You know, Mm -hmm. you'll be able to build the cars way more, uh, personalized for each individual. Yeah. Um, and the beauty is also like, you're not going to throw that 30,000 at metalwork into it. Yeah. You threw the 30,000 at purchasing it. But at that point, you would have had to put 30000 and then be at the point where now it needs to go to body and paint anyways. So now if you're getting this fresh shell, it goes to mild body work and then the smoothing work and then actually painting it, the time frame is just drastically cut. And then not only does it speed up the project, but then you can make, like, like we said, the, the super custom things that you want to do, however you want to do it. I love it. Yeah, no, I think it's... I. You know, th- there'll be probably an ultimate Volkswagen built, which will have a different drivetrain, mm-hmm. a different interior wiring setup, you know, a CAN bus system or maybe one of the uh, ride control setups in there that's remote, you know, remote relay setup. And I mean, the possibilities are endless. So I'm stoked for that. I'm stoked to see the push it'll have for the scene because I like change Just- and different. It pushes the scene and it kind of elevates the game a little bit so some people and might that's everything that we just discussed right now is just taking this up to a whole new level in the vw industry pretty soon our vw industry is going to be very very much like the the hot rod industry where six figure builds are the norm mm-hmm. um super detailed cars are the norm now because people are getting past that point where like yeah i just want a clean driver and uh, don't get me wrong everybody just wants a clean driver but you get those guys who just like the clean driver is not going to be enough. Right. I got to go to that next level with it, you know? Yeah, no. Um, and I think he did the right thing by signing with the compound over there because, I mean, you can't find guys like that that go next level much more than them. I well, mean, obviously I, there's I, other ones out there, but, you know, those guys. Yeah. He, I, it, they've really created a, 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 their, almost their own uh, genre of VW. He's uh, Pip and the guys down there. They're so specific about their builds and what Bob mentioned on the podcast is like, they want it to look like something that VW would have done means it's most likely going to be in style forever. 
Whereas like, you know, like yeah. they had this 80s throwback thing happening now where those 80s cars are, um, the 80s cars are cool and they're nostalgic, but there's a reason why they disappeared for a while because they weren't timeless and classic. We look at it now and go, oh, that's a classic because of where we have that nostalgia towards the 80s and 90s because we were there. But for a car to be cool for its entire lifespan and not go out of style is difficult to achieve. And I think they, I think those guys are going to achieve it. Guys like Buddy achieve it, you know, like when they build them to that, to that level. Yeah. It, it, it specifically, I think it more has to do with the style that the car is built in because it's more of a timeless style than yes. it's more of an attention to detail and staying with the same flow of the original car versus getting too uh, dated, too current, too contemporary, yeah. too everything, you know, it's because a, it's a problem. Everything I'm, that was on billet wheels in the nineties, like, pfft. listen, it'll be just like in, in, in 20 years, guys will be tearing out narrowed beams and throwing them in the garbage and putting stock beams back in there. You know, I mean, you never know which way the scene's going to go, but, um, listen, it's, it's good. It's great for the hobby and I'm stoked for what's happening. And I look forward to being able to bring the most cutting edge information to the people that listen to Let's Talk Dubs, because those are really the people that matter. I mean, let's talk, let's be real about it. The people that matter. <laughs> they're just, all listening, right? They're now. all listening. If you're not listening to the podcast, you probably don't matter. So let's get your, <laughs> so if you got friends you care about, you want to share the podcast with them so that they can matter. Definitely. And so we'll take this second here to just take a break and remind everybody, go on your Apple podcast, click on those little three dots at the bottom of your phone where you click on the details. You'll click on the details for the podcast. Click on that thing. It'll say share episode. Click that share episode. Then make a huge group text. You know, like those super annoying group texts and then send it and then say, um, pass this on so kids can eat in China or something like that. You know, what is some one of those annoying group texts they forward you like a chain mail, but forward it to all your friends. Be super annoying about it and say, listen, Bill talked this week about people that matter in the VW scene and the people that matter are the people that listen to Let's Talk Dubs. So I want you to listen to Let's Talk Dubs. So uh, no, I want you to matter. Yeah, I want you to matter. <laughs> I want you to matter when things really mean something. So uh, what I so we're also going to talk about this week. I put out a video of myself. It's rare. It's like it's like seeing it's Haley's elusive. Comet. <laughs> Haley's Comet to like see a snow me leopard. to see me working on the bus right. Um, it's been, especially this bus been a long time since I turned some wrenches on this bus and, uh, we're doing some updates to it, making it all brand new and everybody saw the video. If you didn't see the video, go click on our YouTube channel at let's talk dubs, YouTube at let's talk dubs. And then you can take a look at the time-lapse video that I did pulling the windows out, pulling all the trim off and getting it ready for a respray. We're going to respray the top half and the front nose of the bus just because she's been there, done that. And she's got some bumps she's and bruises driver. to show it. And she deserves to be respected and dialed in and massaged a little bit. So we're going for some new interior in it. Um, we're respraying the front nose. We're going to, I had the front end tubbed. And by the way, shout out to Rustology Garage because some people, I put a picture of the roof up on my front yard and people are thinking that we changed the roof at my shop. We did not. Just yeah. to be very clear, the wagon didn't do that. Bill had the donor at Rustology Garage. We just yeah. didn't have the time frame to sneak him in there. No, my boy, my boy Joe at Rustology Garage knocked it out. You guys want a roof section? Go talk to go talk to Joe over at Rustology Garage. That dude will switch your roof out in a week. All right, you heard me tell you right now. He'll do it in a week. So, One week. yeah, he gets it knocked out. He took mine took a week and two days because he had to do the front wheel humps too. But uh, we tubbed the front end, and now my goal is to. I got to narrow the front end. I got to figure out what I'm doing front suspension wise because I'm. St I, I'd like to go air. I'm reluctant to go air, 
just because I don't want problems. I want to go air. And, and I think I, you can. I think with modern air ride, you're going to eliminate a lot of those problems. I that, think that you can. I think day. you can, but there's still the probability for having some Absolutely. issues. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, the more I keep thinking about front suspension, I'm like, man, if they could just get an A-arm front suspension in the front of that bus, the, 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 the way it would ride would be so much better. So I'm still up in the air. Something's going to happen with the suspension on that bus because I think that bus, what I like about the air suspension when I drove uh, Joe's bus up there, I drove his bus, had the E-level system on there, and, uh, you know, he loaded up nine people in the thing when he went somewhere, and it just it just added air to the bag so you're not rubbing. And my bus has always been the bus that we all hang out with, and we all, like, if we're all out of town, we all pile in the well, nine passenger. We have your own basketball team here, so. Yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean? But, like, we would go to the Classic, and we've got burn marks on the fenders from. Yeah. Um, pile everybody in it. Yeah, pile everybody in it, going to uh, the Mexican restaurant down there by the Classic Host Hotel. And El Torito. Yeah, El Torito, that's the one. And go down there, and I'd love to be able to just pile people in my bus and just cruise and not rub tires. Yeah. And that, to me, is what makes it so ideal but I just love to get it to ride a little bit better. Oh, I mean, Joe's, I mean the, the suspension under your bus is archaic. Listen. It's original flip spindles on a stock beam. Boom. With 944 spacered out mm-hmm. brakes on it. They're not spacered stock. No, no. You have spacers in your bearing races to put the bearing oh, race well, yeah, on. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying like it's it's old school. Bro. The hybrid spindles, welded Listen, dropped. Pay attention, baby. Narrow when beam. When you're originating... When you're originating your first guy out there Correct. doing some hey. stuff. Correct. It's been, that car so. has been built. Well, let's say it was, I know it was featured in 2003 because I look at that poster every time I go to the bathroom in my shop. The feature came out in 2003 of that bus. So it was, so 2000, it was built in 2002. It was, was built in, it was built 01, 02. And it was in the 02 Classic. So that thing has been on the road. Let's say it was built yeah. 02. Let's just be fair and go in the middle of those 01, two. 01, but yeah. I built it in <laughs> we 2001. Got 17... 17 years in that bus and 17 years hard years yeah. like it's not not only has it been under your foot which we all know that's the worst place for a volkswagen mm-hmm. to be it's going to get used and no. abused that's when they get worn <laughs> incorrectly but i mean to go through that abuse and still be a good reliable car no it's, it just needs an update and that's what we're yeah, doing to it's, now, been it's great. getting a freshening it, it's, up which is which is well deserved on that bus it's it, earned its keep it needs the things done to it that that should have been done to it a long time ago uh, the interior, I had an old TMI interior in it and, you know, uh, they don't staple the backs of the panels and here in Vegas in the heat that those panels fell apart. They like give a, up the ghost. They fell yeah. apart. They, they fell apart like a cheap sandal on a hot asphalt street. I staple every set that comes in my shop. And, uh, so it's time to update the interior. I think I'm going to do something a little more modern, a little more, a little more contemporary. I may go with a custom front bench right now. It's got the 60, 40 split bench in there. But I might just do a custom front bench because with the wheel humps now, I'm sitting a little taller and I really want to – I'd like to sit as low and far back in that bus as I yeah. can. Um, and so interior is getting redone. It's getting in for paint. I'm hoping – it'd be nice to have it ready to go by the uh, Classic um, in September. So – but we'll see that – Depends on how crazy we get the interior. Yeah. That, that's a, that's well, a big hurdle right there. The reality is uh, – I, you know, I got to figure out what I'm doing the interior wise. Am I having it done locally get here? This guy's bill is doing the prep work on that. What's that? On that roof. So my shop, uh, my head metal guy, Virgil is, is basically prepping it out right now. He's welded the seam in the back is doing the, the work to it and whatnot. But 
when that thing goes in high build primer, Bill T himself is going to be the one there. Oh yeah, guide with the guide coat and blocking it down. These he's going to he's going to put the work in, yeah. and uh, that's awesome. These hands. Yeah. Well, and here's the deal: I don't have to because no, you want I, to. But I but it's just like I'll go there, jump in, do some stuff, help out where I can, where I don't get in the way, and then you know figure out how I'm going to wrap this whole thing back up because next thing will be once the roof gets sprayed, it'll be headliner and interior, and then tackle figure out what i'm doing suspension wise and i and the crazy part is i really want to i really want to pull the motor out and redo the engine compartment you know what i mean just make it super clean like undercoated what is that zoltone or undercoated yeah zoltone bro horrible yeah yeah that needs to be cleaned out it needs to be either gloss black or gloss red no just needs to be the same that same red which which uh will remind me that uh i think i've got photographs of those paint cans possibly i'm not 100 percent sure but um so now George, you're working on your bus. So, what did you? What were you working on with your bus this week? I know you're doing some suspension stuff. You've had now your bus a, came I off. Did the, a, I did a pretty major upgrade on my bus. So, not only did I narrow the retortion, I think we talked about the last time I was on the podcast, but I switched out to uh, the adjustable drop plates from Nate and uh, changed out my gearbox. My gearbox is the big deal. I went with super tall gears. Try to catch, I mean, you try to catch your big brother. I, I mean tall. Oh, mm-hmm. you're not even going to stand a chance on the freeway bro, anymore, bro. Bro, don't, don't even go there. Listen to me. Shh, shh, shh. I, <laughs> shut your mouth. <laughs> I had taller gears before you were born. You understand? Not this tall. I think they're These taller, bro. These are big boy taller. gears. These are big boy gears. I'm not really sure what gears I have in there, but I'll look, at, I'll look it up in the, the tech spec box. You could box. have a 388 ring and pinion, but you probably don't have no, a No, I don't have 388. I don't have 388. I have 412 ring and pinion mm-hmm. with a 082, which... Yeah. My understanding is it's that math, Absolutely. it is, bro. But I got a point of two and a three to eight. I don't even go into fourth gear. I don't even go into fourth gear until 60. Mm-hmm. You understand? Yeah. You guys are listening at home. Why don't you think, listen carefully? Big power. <laughs> That's what it takes to push I that tell bus. You, the, I, I was almost in a moment of tears when when I put my rotors on in the rear and set up all my brakes and everything like that. And I could grab my 17 by 8 BBS wheel with a 215.45 on it. And put it directly onto my bus with the axle still connected to the drop plate. That, to me, was the coolest moment. I was so happy because I've towed my bus home from getting a flat. And nothing made me matter than that. Because I didn't have the stuff there to drop an axle. Not to mention the hassle of doing that side of the road. I wouldn't even attempt it. You know? And so, so what you guys... Okay, to clarify what George is talking about. George is talking about on a bus with wide wheels in the back and it sits low, you can't get the spring plate to drop far enough or you can take the wheel off the studs and take the tire out and jack it up and, and switch the tire out real easily on the side of the road. It's, but, it's hard. Very but hard. now, it's hard if your bus is really low and you've got wide wheels in the back. Yeah. If you've got skinnies, like you got, you're rolling yeah, dummies. You're rolling stock wheels or something like that. Rolling, they'll, they'll come off, yeah. You're rolling lug studs, not a big deal. But... Uh, the you know now that George's got now that George looked up to his big brother and he was like big brother I help want some seventeen selection help me where, show me the road to seventeens and I was like George come here get under my shoulder get, get under my chicken wing, here, wing and you can go get you some seventeens but Thank he got seventeens with a lip on them <clears throat> and when you put the disc brakes you're super limited in the space you have the rear wheel housing so nothing looks cooler than a bus with some fat meats in the back you yeah. know what I mean and uh, to do that, there's some sacrifices. Some of those sacrifices are like you get real close to the outer fender well, mm-hmm. you suck up the entire wheel well when it's low, and then you just have to grind down uh, the torsion housing itself on the top. The wheel usually starts to come in contact with that. Yep. Um, 
And so George put on these spring plates. They're adjustable spring plates, but when you take the tension off, so what's the difference about these adjustable spring plates? Is it that when you take the tension off, the arm drops all the they, way down? They'll do a full sag, yes. Correct. So and drop. I actually went and knowing what I was going up against, because I do have very big tires in the back of mine, I actually cut that the step on the bottom of your torsion housing. There's a part where it comes down smooth and then raises up maybe another quarter of an inch. I cut that out and then ground it out with a carbide bit and rounded it so it's not a sharp area to potentially crack. But given it that additional drop, which I knew I needed, but was a game changer. And as that's well. the factory spring plate retainer. It's the factory spring plate retainer. Yeah, I just kind of and I didn't remove a lot of guys cut it off the bottom of their uh, torsion housing. All I did was cut that chunk off to make it one even size all the way down. And that made a big difference. That little quarter inch I got there translated to about another inch of axle drop at the end. So it was it was worthwhile to do that. No, that makes a big difference and it makes it that much easier to work on. You know, on I plan sense. on actually driving my bus and there's nothing You're more discouraging than going Are you actually if you lift town and I got a flat, I'm 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 screwed. Like even yeah. with my tool kits, I'd be on the side of the road and it it wouldn't be fun. Well, you're not screwed. You just have to take the whole rear torsion housing yeah, off. Just got to take just gotta or the, drop the my rear axle. axle. Yeah. No big deal. No big deal. And and the the plates I took off, which were Russ's from Old Speed, they're awesome because the one thing I loved about his plates is being able to set the rear toe in. Because once I actually put some time into my suspension and really set it up and got eighth inch toe on the rear and the front, and had everything all squared and true with each other, it was it was a, a game changer in the way the car rode then. And I love Russ's product. I just I upgraded to these just because of the problem I was having the first time it was on a tow truck when I was when I was taking it home I said I gotta I gotta figure this out either I'm doing bolt-on wheel wells which I didn't want to do or I gotta find out a solution for this I can't your car cannot be disabled because you got a flat they're too common yeah well you just buy run flats there you go Problem, problem pro- solved. Look problem solver. Let's talk dubs. Dude, just problem call solving. me. Just, you guys, listen, I'm going to get a hotline so you guys can call me with your problems. And I'm going to do a problem solving episode where you just call me, hit me with your problem, and I'll just solve it right away. It might not be the right solution, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. So um, so you're working, on, you're, you're working on that with your bus. I'm updating my bus. Uh, as far as projects out there that I got, I've got my Project 914 that I've got. I bought that thing. Um, I got it running. It's got a sucked valve, and then I've got a set of wheels, uh, some one eight, uh, the one eight Molly alloys to put on there. So I've got to get that thing rolled out, get it started, and then see if I got it in me to. Uh, it's a little warm out here in Vegas, and I see if I got it in me to get underneath there and drop that motor and tranny, swap that head out. I did have a friend tell me, that man, does can. that sound unfun? Yeah, I did have a friend tell me that they could swap that head out with. Uh, with it with it in the car which is yeah which which is it's some oh, work that but that sounds uh, like a horrible job if you've ever adjusted the valves on a 914 could you imagine removing the head while it's in the car well it could, ugh. it could be worse it could be worse um it could be it could be a stereo in a 1985 cutlass could be not not i'm, not, I'm sorry not an 85 cutlass 85 caprice if you got an 85 caprice it is a miserable radio to change how do i know this i used to do car stereos and that was one that's connected to the air conditioning controls and all that cable and awesome. stuff. A nightmare to change the radio out. So, but you know, listen, that's just part of my past bleeding into the future. So, um, so we talked about our projects. We talked about that. So, what I also wanted to get into a little bit on this episode is I wanted to talk about a little bit of bus spotting. So, kind of when you're when you're out there cruising the streets and you're looking for buses and just trying to figure out when you're seeing a bus from a distance, knowing what year those buses are. And there's lots of 
Uh, I mean, there's literally each year Volkswagen made 15, 20 changes, bus to bus, from everything from the the bolt size on the shock to the, you know, the 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 fan belt nut and things like that. But what, what I kind of wanted to do was go over some of maybe just some of the basic basic uh, big major changes that they did year to year and kind of the differences. And and so what what I'm going to talk about now is. Some of the changes that you can tell on these buses. So starting with the first, so there's like, th- there's roughly three segments of the bus, right? Like 55 to 63. And then there's, I I would say 50, 55 to 55 to 61, 62 when they went to the big taillights. And then uh, 62 to 65 66 and the, and in the, the later models like the 60 62 and later that have the bigger taillights those all seem the same but there's so many little differences um, but some of the big some of the big differences that you can tell would be um, like the ice box handles right so the ice box handles go up to 63 in 1964 they change so 64 is kind of the change year for the bus they go to or it's a mid-year 63 thing yeah i think 64 is a is a, a year where they started doing the changeovers so some of them would have the ice box handles or ice pick correct call them, and and outward vents and then some of them would have inward vents so we're going to talk about door handles so the door handles change in uh up to 63 and then so 63 is the year that things change so maybe 63 64 model year it changes and according to uh, and so the reference book that I'm using for all this knowledge is the VW Transporter and Microbus Specification Guide written by David Eccles. And he's a guy that was part of uh, a VW uh, Camper Magazine back in back in England. And so he's got a reference thing here where as you go through this book, man, it's just like every year there's so many, so many stinking changes. Yeah, it's crazy the amount of small changes from year to year. So, but we're, well, so what we're going to talk about here today is big changes you can sense from the street. So first thing we're going to talk about, the first noticeable change is going to be your taillights, right? Your taillights and turn signals. So taillights from 55 to 58 are like, an, they have an integral reflector and <clears throat> there's a change from, so it's got kind of a beveled edge on the glass and then 58 to 61 has a separate ring on the taillight. Those are what they call like the honeycomb ones. Yeah. Snow, yeah, so the snowflakes, not snowflakes, but kind of a honeycomb one. And then sixty, late 61 um, to 67 has the big oval taillight. So that's the, the way to tell the difference between those three. Now, as in respect to front turn signals or indicator lights, um, in the U.S., the bullets, so in Europe... Um, Maybe a semaphore bus. In Europe, up to 1960 came with semaphores. In the States, 55 55 to 63 all had bullets. 64 got what we term, in England they call them the fish eye indicators. Well, 62 is the first year of the fried egg. And this may be these these may be Europe European numbers, but sixty three they, they could be talking model year sixty three. Because your double cab sixty two fried eggs. My bus is sixty two yep. fried eggs. Scott Moe's sixty two fried eggs. No. Sean so, McClellan fried eggs. So, so according to the book here, sixty three they're referencing sixty three, but they may be talking about the maybe talking about the model year, but or the production year. I'm not quite sure, but sixty two is the year as far as production yep. goes. Sixty two is the year stateside that we recognize that they get the bigger. 
fried well, eggs. Well, we call fried eggs. They call fish eye turn signal indicator. So 62 and later had the bigger indicator. So when you look at the front of the bus, you look at the big circular front turn signals. And these are all split buses. Of course, we're talking up to 67. So 62 to 67, get the big turn signals. Um, the earlier buses have bullets. And if you see an early bus that, that has an overhang but it doesn't have bullets, could very well be either a custom bus or a European model. So, And depending on where you're at and what cities you are, a lot of times, if, like here in Las Vegas, you will get a lot of European models here because of Nellis Air Force Base. Yeah. So depending on if there's an Air Force Base in your town, you could actually get uh, some earlier, some earlier uh, vehicles in or some European models only. Um, one of the other things we're looking at so that you tell the differences are the bumpers, right? So, uh, up to 58, they ran the rib bumper. I think it's 50, maybe 57 in the States. Yeah. Cause here it says up to 58. So in Europe, it may have been different. Maybe yeah. they, they drug it out a little longer, but in 57 is the last year for the press bumpers. And that's what you get with the press bumpers and the, and that's really the only ones, uh, that they had in those earlier years. Um, and then 58. 58 to 66, they're saying, which is probably 65, are the slash bumpers. So as you look at the side of the bus, and you look at the profile on the lower end, the bumpers, they're either slashed or pointed. So the way I, I distinguish it is a slash will follow the body line. You have your the rear arch of your fender well will fade into the same angle of your bumper. That's what a slash bumper is. For those who don't know, it'll come to a peak at the top on a slash cut and the same thing will happen in the front it follows that curve down to the front and the bumper rides the same angle down as it okay so and then 65 is an odd year because 65 would have had pointed in the front slash in the rear and it's a one-year only combination for those buses yeah and so some of them they they have some of those unique things but later so later model buses 66 well 65 and later have the pointed uh the pointed front bumper on the bus so or the, yeah the pointed front bumper on the bus so uh pointed front bumper which means that when you look at the side of the profile of the bus it kind of comes up to a to a point in the center like it it peaks in the center of the bumper the top your, and bottom of the yeah. side profile are, are a mirror image yeah. of the side so instead of it slashing to the like a a backslash or forward slash it's it's kind of pointed it's almost circular but it comes to a bit of a point the other thing that you'll notice is the outside vents on the buses, right? So 55 to 62, 63 have outward, they've got nine outward facing vents. 50 to 55 have eight outward facing vents. And then 63, they change to the inward facing vents. Yeah. So 63, and then there are 10 in, inside facing vents. So um, the other thing is what year did the rear wheel arc get the bump out in it i'm gonna say 64 63 according to this because now i'm gonna ask you a question on my bus which is original mm -hmm. i have no reinforcement lip so what we're talking about in the rear wheel arc if you look at the rear wheel arc of the bus and it doesn't and it doesn't kind of bump out like a like a fender lip and it's just smooth and goes down that would mean it's a 62 or earlier mm -hmm. Because my crew cab, 62, mm -hmm. no lip, fried eggs, which, yep. would, make, which would make it a, a later model bus. Handles. What's that? And the ice pick handles. And the ice, and the ice box handles, yeah. So there's, 
all these little all these little differences and nuances and also when you're talking like and then and then it goes on a whole nother layer of stuff when you're talking about trucks and crew cabs and uh all that kind of stuff because with crew cabs you get a bigger back window i think the bigger back window came in 65 i think or it might be 67 only i don't know i'll get you the details on that but i know i care about my 62 because that's what i got <laughs> but it's funny because as i first got into volkswagens way back in the day we were you know, you'd get a Volkswagen, you'd get super into all the nuances from year to year to year. Oh, yeah. And then after you're in it for a while, unless you're like a original restoration guy, you don't really geek out over the all original stuff because most stuff you're going to end up doing is customizing them, you know. Yeah. But those are some of the major the major differences that you can tell. So up to 60, up to 62 would be the outward facing vents. 62 and later would be reversed vents, like inward facing, and you'd have 10. And then... The lip on the fender well would be 63 and later on the rear fender well. And then uh, slash bumpers would be an earlier bus. Pointed bumpers would be a late model bus. And let's uh, see. I'm actually really interested right now because on my driver's side of my bus uh-huh. is a set of 64 vents just flipped the other way around because my bus, when we bought that thing, if you remember, it was smashed completely yeah, on that no, wheel well. No like vents. gone. Mm-hmm. So when when we when we did the repair on it, I got a piece of metal of sixty four. I didn't even. I'm gonna have to count my vents when I get to the shop tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be so. That'll be funny if one side is nine and one side's ten because one my my passenger side's original. Yeah. But my left side, we we actually patched in a, a set of the. So you took vents. An, you took outward facing buses, flipped, flipped, flipped the metal around, yeah. and welded it in. Oh, they're yeah. horrible. They're they're well, they, do, they don't have this. They don't have the same crispness, and I don't I don't know if it was the donor metal or what, but they're you can tell they're not original. Yeah. When you look at my original vents, especially being, mine being a panel, right above it are three, on the higher level, and just the definition around. So you have them, outward facing vents. Yeah, I have outward. But you have them that they were designed to be inward facing vents. Yeah, my lower section, we took a set of inwards right. and just flipped them to be outers. And so it could be something. It's a patchwork quilt, by the way, on my driver's side. So that is going to get replaced with the big panel. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> it, it could end up being something that um, when Volkswagen produced it, they weren't that concerned with the yeah. finish of the outside of the metal. But, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff like that that VW did that's all kinds of funky, nuanced history. And if you guys get this book, VW Transporter and Microbus, you get this book. Man, I'm telling you, you're like your head spins with how many how many nuance changes there were made during each production year. I work on these things for a living. I didn't know there were so many changes made to them. Oh, like an, there's some years have a, an entire page of changes made to them. It's pretty nuts. Oh yeah, I mean they've got change after change, but you know, our job here is to help you spot them in the driveway and tell you what year you have. And when you see that push button front door handle, so also what a lot of people didn't realize is that when they changed the door handle and the striker, they changed that the inner and outer on the door. Mm-hmm. So like a striker door versus push button door, mm-hmm. which push button door, if I'm not mistaken, I think states out of 63 and later with the push button. It says here in the book that yeah. it's 62, but I've seen some, there's a bunch I've of seen odd some stuff like Dunkel's single cab is 64. It has ice, ice box handles on it. Yeah. It and could it's be, got it, outward vents. It, it could be, it could be a 1960, it could be a 1965 and here it said it was 65. So, yeah. And because the year here is off a little bit, it could be either before or after. Because I noticed some things that they said in this book were different year to year based on what stuff's titled at here. And that was the crazy part. You know, one of the things that you could get that I always thought was super cool on the split buses was the sliders. I just thought it'd be yeah, so cool to have a, a slider. One of, one of the coolest buses that I've seen out there is that there's a double a double slider 21 window. 
That's just so cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. So, but uh, the other big differences that you guys will notice if you're not into buses is you'll notice the rear hatch. The rear hatch size changes um, from going to be 64 again from large to small, <clears throat> from a small to a large for more cargo access, which is when they change from uh, 23 window to 21 window. Yeah. So, um, let's see what else we got for him today, George. I think that's it. I got a little bit of a, I had a little bit, a little bit of a bummer this last week. I had a couple, uh, a couple, uh, interviews recorded on my, uh, sand disc card. And as luck would have it, the card went crazy. I don't know what happened with the card. So if any of my listeners out there know how to recover a card, I got a situation, with one of my cards where I've got about three hours of interviews on there. And, uh, it, um, if for some reason it's not read anymore and it's asking me to reformat the card. So that was a bummer, but I'm working on getting that. I'm working on recovering that information because that's some pretty cool information to have on there. Uh, we definitely do have more interviews coming up for you guys, but it's always good just to get you guys caught up with what's happening out there in uh, Let's Talk Dubs land over here in Las Vegas. So um, One other thing I was going to bring up. Jeremy Brooks posted a video. Not only did he give Let's Talk Dubs two shout-outs in that video, which oh, yeah. I thought was super cool, yep. but what the guy is doing – um, he does. He doesn't make his living off of making the safaris, but it is his toy money. But for him to post up videos showing people how to make their own safari, to basically cut his own legs off, I think that's really awesome. Because he realizes, like, I've given a lot to the scene, and hey, for the guys who can't afford my kits, because they're not cheap, because they're high quality. Sure. Um, for him to show how you can do do it yourself, I think that's really cool. No, and it's it, I, I think it's a testament to like people do things in this hobby for the purpose of pushing the scene forward, being able to create something using their skill set to make to create something, and then they say like, "Hey, I, I'll do this," and then it becomes such a such an immense task. They're like, "Man, I, don't, I, I got a day job and I got a family. I don't have time to do this, and yeah. I hate for this just to fall off the thing. So why don't I just?" do the part that I can show people how to make it themselves. And then I can just sell the easy bits that I took the time to have made. And I think that's, I think that's totally cool. And it's just, it's just a testament to, to Jeremy that he sees it's something cool people want. And he's trying to just give it to the people for as economical as possible. And luckily we're in a time right now with the advent of all the social media and YouTube and all that stuff. Uh, you're able to just post up some videos on how to make that stuff and, you know, bring it to the people, let them make their own stuff. So some people have more skill than money. Some people have more Absolutely. time than money. Yeah. So that, that's really cool. I just wanted to give a shot to that because I thought that was, that was very cool. The guy, it's something he does not have to do. And it's something he's just kind of doing. Like, you know what? I feel like I've gotten a lot from the community. Let me give a little bit back. So shout out to that. That's very cool. No, absolutely, man. Jer- Jeremy's, uh, you know, good dude, man. Good dude for sure. I look forward to meeting him someday. I'm sure we'll cross paths. Um, I did want to give some shout outs to some of our people that uh, have put up some reviews on our Facebook or not our Facebook page, but on our Apple podcast page. So you guys go on our Apple podcast page and give us a review. Give us a little write up. We'll give you a shout out on the podcast. Um, the first person to give, give a shout out to here is, uh, let me get here. Oh, good grief. I got, yeah, I got Kawisi Howard. He gave us a little ride up there. Kawisi's my boy. He's over there. And, uh, shout out to the VI. Shout out to the VI. My dog's in the VI. He's, uh, he's one of the controllers out there. Don't get it twisted. He knows what's happening over there. So uh, he's one of my boys, but he put a post up there. He said, uh, listening from the Virgin Islands is great to hear stories from some of the heavy hitters in the game, not to mention the technical info shared. 
So I don't know what a great job we did on technical info tonight. Uh, just wanted to give you guys a little bit of something to, to think about. And then uh, Superfly Silver Fox is up. He's at it again. He says, calling out my Volks, aircoolers.org. And he says, love the interview. Asked, love the interview. Asked all the right questions without being picky is what he said. So that's Brother Bob, a.k.a. Uh, the Superfly Silver Fox. And then Welsh. 30317 the one to tune into great talk lots of knowledge just all around good time so hopefully you guys are digging that that's the reason we do the podcast so you guys have something cool to listen to that's vw related instead of all that garbage that's on the uh, internet and the news blah just clogging up your mind with nonsense remember let's talk fake news fake news Let's talk dubs where you get it at. So, uh, coming up, uh, we're going to have uh, interviews coming up. I've got um, Alex of Flatform Media. We sat down, I got two hours. I got to get it recovered off this disc, or we're going to have to do it again. But we'll get Alex of Flatform Media. We had a real good sit down here in the studio, so it's good, good audio quality. It's not a phone call interview. And um, I've also got the guys with Air Cool Customs out in Alabama. I got those guys on interview. So we'll get those guys on here uh, shortly in the next couple of weeks and also look forward to getting uh, getting the guys from Impy on here and also EV West on, on the podcast. So appreciate you guys for listening. Don't forget, rate and review the podcast. Share it with your friends. Help the podcast grow. And you guys can always support by going on letstalkdubs.com, going to the store and buying some merch. So appreciate you guys for everything you do. And until next week, man. Let's talk dubs. George, I'm out. I'm out. Later. A Volkswagen is a nice station wagon to have.